0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, Activate Waving Puppets edition of Tommy and Katie. Of course, we are talking about the Spanish Grand Prix, the Circuit de Barcelona-Catalunya, where we had very little expectations, didn't we? We we thought that, well, I think I tweeted on the run-up to it, if we had one overtake, it would be a banger. And actually, well, we got a few more than that, and one of them was for the lead. So, overall... I think it's going to be a rather positive podcast for something that we expected to be talking about putting the, 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 the track in the bin. I'm pretty sure that was our last year. Last time they raced their thumbnail was, uh, should the, the circuit to Barcelona Catalonia be removed? And I don't I, well, yeah, There's still arguments anyway. Tommy, of course, is the WTF1 founder. just decided uh, to put that in there. It's in my contract as always. And <laughs> Katie, the WTF1 editor. People will actually believe that. People you. actually believe that. Yeah. Cause it's true. Um, <laughs> say it uh right three word race reviews let's dive straight in irmsy says hungry part two aaron underscore w01 actually decent racing and sage underscore 1298 remove from calendar well i mean that couldn't be any more uh, of two different uh <laughs> three word race reviews there um yeah i mean i'm i, I disagree with sage i mean do I disagree or do I think that it was an okay <laughs> yeah, race? Yeah, yeah. I, was it I a think,
1: one-off?
0: Yeah. I, I th- I, yeah. We'll get onto that last chicane, I'm sure, at some point. But I think if that was to be changed, I probably wouldn't call it to be removed because I think it's actually quite a nice track. Ca- it's a nice track. It's just no one can overtake there. I think it's two different things. You've got the likes of Sochi, which I think is a terrible track. And then you've got Spain, which I don't think is a terrible track, but no one can overtake. So I feel like there's yeah, two different definitions It there. made the race
2: better, if anything, that you couldn't overtake because, and this is... While everyone's going to jump in and say this is just you covering yourself for Monaco, absolutely yes. But <laughs> the race was the race was actually quite good because overtaking was difficult because the pace, I mean, we'll go into it, the pace of Lewis was so good that maybe on a easy track to overtake, we wouldn't have had that intriguing strategy battle because he could have just breezed past him in the DRS.
1: No, it certainly was a surprise to have as much action as we did in Spain, because like you say, we all think Spain's going to be really boring and it's going to be a snooze fest and it's a chance for an afternoon nap. But actually, it proved to be um, quite a a decent race for Spain, considering. Um, And yeah, I don't know if I want it necessarily removed from the calendar. I mean, it might have been helped this year that we didn't go testing there, which is why the action was particularly good. Um, But I know that a lot of fans find that Spanish track really accessible and, um, you know, for, for young fans visiting a first Grand Prix, you know, Spain's normally quite a good one for them, so... For that reason, I'd quite like it to stay on the calendar.
0: Yeah, no one who watches Formula One is going to be thinking about the fans that attend the the Grand Prix, are they, though? Because (laughs) uh, unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, there are a lot more millions watching on TV than there are going to the track, uh, as much as, you know, it is lovely for fans to be able to go uh, to a track and and enjoy it. And of course, you know, Spanish fans are are really, really uh, passionate as well, uh, especially, you know, when Fernando Alonso was winning and whatnot. Um, Yeah, but I, I think we give it a chance until the new regs. And then if it's still not great, get rid of it. I think that's pretty much it. Because <laughs> you know, we decide. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah, we've yeah, got the, the choice. Uh, yeah. The whole of Formula One and Liberty Media watch this podcast. Definitely. Uh, right, my three-word race review. Hurry up, Perez. <laughs> look, I know people are going to be like, look, Matt, you just any excuse to bash the second Red Bull seat because I feel like I am always the one to be very outspoken on this sort of stuff. But I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take the heat because, yes... There are times where, well, there is time for Perez to get used to that Red Bull seat. We're now four races in, okay, and I'm not expecting him to be beating Max Verstappen. However, that hole in qualifying, which I mentioned in IBR, between Bottas and Leclerc was enormous. It was about seven-tenths of a second. Perez not slotting in there, I know. He says his shoulder was bad and he wasn't well and, you know, this sort of stuff. But there's, you still have to do your job. As much as you know, you either don't race because you can't race, or you race and you do your best as you can. I don't, I for me, I don't buy excuses like that because we can't measure it as an outsider as to whether how bad this injury is. You know, he might have just had a bit of a, you know, a bit of a hurting shoulder, and then he goes, Oh, you know, pop that in 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 an interview. So for me, I'm still willing to give Perez a few more races, but I feel like he's taken a backwards step if anything Imola there was a little bit of hope at least in qualifying of course not in the race Portimao there was a little bit of hope in the race because his pace was okay uh, but he had fallen back unfortunately and then couldn't really get anywhere near the front three so I just feel like he needs to get on top of this of course you know he's gonna be working so hard to get on top of it but he shouldn't escape the criticism that I, I gave Albon and a lot of people gave Albon and the same for Gasly as well. We can't give him half a season to get him used to the car because that's game over in the Constructors' Championship and most likely the drivers too because Mercedes can just play any game they want with strategy.
2: Yeah, it seems it seems odd to blame Perez for Verstappen not winning, but you're absolutely right. If Perez was in the mix and, like you say, slots into that gap, that, that massive gap between Bottas and Leclerc, and gets a decent race, it changes the whole race. It it really does. It sounds odd if you just look at it on face value, but Mercedes could only do that strategy with Hamilton because they could pit him in a gap and they had Bottas to play with. If Perez is there, he could have held him up or they might simply have not even tried to do it because they know he'd be so hard to pass in a quick car that they can't do it. But because Perez wasn't there, Mercedes could just go, oh, well, we do it. Worst case scenario, we're second anyway. Whereas if it if Perez was there, you know, they're they're gambling whether they could potentially finish fourth or win the race, not second or win the race. So yeah, Perez not not a great weekend. And when the title is so close, you're right. They they need him up to speed now, not in six, seven, eight races.
1: Exactly. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they opted to bring Sergio Perez into the team because he's a highly experienced driver. And I think they probably hoped that he would be able to make that jump really quickly. And, you know, as much as I've said on this podcast before, I'm a Checo fan, you know, I want him to do well. I thought his time at Red Bull was just going to be like the making of him and finally get that chance. You have to say, looking at the numbers that he just hasn't, met everyone's expectations in these first four races i'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt you know you touched upon him having a a bad shoulder or muscle pains on saturday he said he felt dizzy behind the wheel of the car and you know said that's why he spun in quali but you you know you have to look at that as maybe an isolated thing but then the three races prior he's still having you know shockers of races and he needs to be up at the front like you say help Verstappen um, not only aiding him like as a, a wingman if you want to refer to him as that but also to help Red Bull get those constructors points because otherwise it's going to be like every other year and Mercedes are just going to run clear while Checo is struggling um you know in fifth and sixth and seventh so it's it's tough but I think I figured out why is having such a bad time and that is because I keep jinxing him by predicting he's going to do well in the podcast so hopefully from this point onwards he's going to have a wonderful time
0: I was about to come on to a question from Pilkey who says what do you feel Perez needs to improve uh, to do to improve in the Red Bull and well there you go it's not get me off the podcast yeah exactly it's, it's all your fault Kate. eat
1: me off <laughs> <laughs> eat
0: you off um in terms of that question it's very it's obviously very difficult you know he needs to get on top of the one lap pace he also needs to get on top of race pace and you know he says that you know he's dizzy behind the car and stuff and that's why he spun you have to take that with a pinch of salt because you know racing drivers say all kinds of stuff you know especially to protect their image that no one can verify if he was feeling dizzy apart from himself you know a lot of people would argue that it was the the pressure you know and the fact that you know it's it's just starting to mount on a little bit now. You know, we are four races in. Of course, we didn't have as much testing as we've had in previous years, but, you know, Carlos Sainz isn't doing too bad of a job in that Ferrari, it has to be said. Uh, Danny Rick's certainly getting on top of that McLaren. So you're seeing the sort of like for likes in terms of new drivers at new teams. Red Bull just seems to be a running trend of number two drivers having absolutely no hope against Max Verstappen. And there's part of me just thinking now that Max is the only one that can drive that car. You know, you look back to Daniel Ricciardo, and obviously he was the one that has been as close as anyone to Max Verstappen. But that was kind of in Max's early days at Red Bull, and perhaps didn't change the car as as much as he has now to his own liking. So, yeah, bit of a weird one. Uh, let's move on to to Red Bull strategy. Uh, BYD Rob, why didn't Red Bull pit Max when they knew Merck were going to do the same strategy as in Hungary twenty nineteen? It's it's a you know the benefit of hindsight is an amazing thing, and you you just I, I personally think that if they did pit Hamilton stays out and probably wins the race and everyone's going to go or well, why the hell did you relinquish track, track position uh to to Hamilton you know because you didn't have the pace or whatever I just feel like whatever Red Bull did they were pretty screwed and uh as much as they could see it coming with the tyre strategy I think they could have done the only thing that they could have done and I was watching the the race back last night was that Potentially, they could have pit max the next lap and still been ahead of Lewis Hamilton on soft tires as well. Because when you look at the stint lengths of the soft tire at the first of Max's first uh, stint, it was about the same as where he could have pit that second part. So they could have done something different. Because again, Max was the only one of like the front five to have a fresh set of softs as well. So I think there was things they could have done, but certainly Max staying out was an option. And they went for it. And unfortunately, Max's tyres continued to drop off. Lewis's was, was still a, in, in a reasonably uh, good condition. And, and Lewis Hamilton's uh, medium tyres weren't, weren't new either. They were six-lap old mediums when he whacked them on. So, you know, it, it, it's all hindsight at the end of the day. And we would have probably had a go at them had they pitted and Lewis won that way. Exactly. Lewis was
2: a lot quicker. You could see he, he could catch Max after the first stop. And get really close to him where it looked like he was probably gonna get him within DRS anyway. Um, so obviously Max uh dived into the pit, or then the second time Lewis dived into the pits to say, like, let's try something new. Um it's it, exactly it's hindsight. If if um Red Bull had pitted Max immediately after Hamilton, they might have one had a slow stop like they did at the start and cost them the race or even Hamilton just got the undercut because he was right behind him anyway. I don't know how close it was. You say maybe he might've been able to, but again, it was obviously touch and go like touch and go, but if they'd done that, the whole Twitter storm afterwards <laughs> would have been exactly the same of why on earth would Red Bull pit Max? And when you're in the lead of the race at a track like Barcelona where you can't overtake. And one thing I've not seen Mention really is that Bottas was in the mix. So if Hamilton, sorry, if Verstappen had pitted, obviously Hamilton had the luxury of Bottas getting out of the way, kind of. Um, (laughs) And uh, Max would have had to overtake Bottas, which we know would be extremely difficult. And then we could have had a situation where Max had maybe even lost to Lewis in the pit stops and Bottas and finish third. And then Bottas just lets Hamilton through, wins the race, and he's lost even more points. So it's all hindsight. It's easy to look back on this and go, oh, they knew exactly what was happening because they even mentioned themselves on the team radio have got a repeat of Hungary. But if Lewis didn't have the tyre life and stayed out, we'd have been calling Red Bull geniuses for staying out. It's, It's always easy in hindsight, isn't it, at the end of the race to go, Oh, this now we know the result. I'm now going to blame them for a terrible strategy.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it was quite interesting after the race because Sky F1 had Christian Horner and Toto Wolff there discussing this whole thing. And Christian Horner basically said that he didn't think that Red Bull would be able to beat Mercedes in Spain. Um, he said, you know, in fairness, hats off to Mercedes and Lewis. They were just quicker than we were today. And the fact they could follow so close through the first two stints of the race. Um, so we knew that they were probably going to catch us. Um, and Toto responded by saying, you know, being in second place made it easier when you have the gap to make that call. So it, is, it was probably a case of who's going to blink first and change the strategy up and stuff like that. But, yeah, it's a mix of Mercedes just being superior when they're making these strategy calls. It seems to just work out for them. Um, and Red Bull, like you say, if they made the decision to pit Max as a response, whether that would have been uh, just a rash, like impulse decision and, you know, would have worked out for them or whether they were better just to leave Max out there Um, So regardless, I think Mercedes just pit them to the post this race and uh, Red Bull were probably going to have trouble regardless because of Mercedes strategy. So,
0: Yeah, back to your point, Tommy. I, I don't think Bottas gets out of the way at all if both of them pit. And we've probably got a really good race at that point because Bottas will be leading. And he wouldn't be pitting again probably or at yeah, least he'd try exactly, that yeah. so i think we'd even have a, an even better race that way and you'd have to think that max would cruise up to the back of verstappen, uh, verstappen <laughs> uh, cruise up to the back <laughs> yeah, of bottas yeah. on softs and get past but yeah it's these sort of things that where the, the tires were a little bit of an unknown the track temperature was a lot cooler than what it was previously and uh, on the days gone by so a lot of their data was kind of out the window if anything fp1 was probably the most um uh you know data accurate to the race just purely because of the temperatures. So for them, they didn't really know how long the mediums would go. And that's why we saw so many late pit stops. Of course, some of it was to attack the fastest lap, but also, you know, the likes of Fernando Alonso trying to go all the way to the end of the mediums and it didn't work out. So yeah it's, it's hindsight we all look ge- like geniuses when we know what's happened and uh you know <laughs> they have to they have to react to, to what's going on uh Kali underscore dream in 85 did Verstappen set too fast a pace after his lap one overtake without Perez nearby to almost gift Hamilton the buffer needed to get a free second stop to have that as an available alternative strategy I feel like my brain just exploded reading that <laughs>
1: It seems like way too many than yeah. 208 characters as well
0: for twitter <laughs> yeah, that's impressive after his lap one overtake without Perez nearby to... what is he trying to say here Tommy I don't... uh
2: from my understanding it's that why did Max go so fast at the start when maybe could have kept the pack together a bit more or saved his tires but it's kind of so
0: fast at the start but hamilton was a second behind him the entire time yeah it's hard to blame verstappen on that one for if he goes any slower he's getting overtaken yeah well, (laughs)
2: well you saw that hamilton was really close and hamilton's pushing him every single lap so at the end of the day to kind of quote bottas i guess you run your own race don't you and yeah um
0: so so what cali dream in 85 is trying to say is why didn't He backed the lot into Perez, which is, it's not Monaco. That's, that's in two weeks time. This is Spain. And as much as we say that overtaking is difficult, backing him, uh, backing them into the rest, it just wouldn't have, it wouldn't have worked. Hamilton had so much more pace than Verstappen. You could see it with how close he was able to follow. I think that's what Verstappen said after the race was the fact that Hamilton could just stay within 1.2 seconds. Was just you know it just showed that Mercedes had so much more grip. So, a little bit of a scary thought for the rest of the season because uh, Spain is is seen as that benchmark in terms of uh, the the for, the running form going for for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's I'm so- sorry important
2: Portimao as well that Mercedes seemed to
0: be a lot more kind on the
2: tyres, even though Red Bull potentially maybe fastest in like a low fuel quali trim soft tyres going absolutely ham, but yeah Mercedes look pretty like I'd say fair bit better maybe in the in the race because they can clearly manage their tyres a lot better like and Max was doing everything he could to stay ahead but unfortunately yeah couldn't quite do it
1: yeah no I think just echoing your points guys you know I think we said before that Max probably needed Checo up the front there to help him a bit um but I guess you being in first, you are racing on the limit and you're going to wear your tyres probably a lot quicker than if you're further down the grid. So yeah, I think it's kind of already been answered.
0: Cool. Uh, Tommy, three-word race review, please. Uh, three-word race review. I didn't really say that out loud. <laughs> 3
2: One is classic title fight. Uh, and this is just kind of a nice positive message after Here another, another lovely race.
0: I love um, it. I love your tweets that are like, Hear me out. So, <laughs> and basically just says the complete opposite of is, what everyone is that, else. Is, is that the voice you read
2: it in? <laughs> um, Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> Monaco is the best track in the world, <laughs> and overtaking is so easy that drivers <laughs> are yes. all terrible. Um, yeah, this, this title fight reminds me of those classic ones that I grew up as a kid, like the Hakkinen and Schumacher fight where you've got two drivers in two different cars they are absolutely miles ahead of their teammate, and the two of them are just raising both their games um every single race um and it's absolutely incredible to watch I mean the craziest stat from the race for me is that despite everything this is the best start to a season Hamilton's ever had um and Verstappen too obviously so I think both both drivers deserve a huge amount of credit you know Max in his first proper title bid to be able to stick with Hamilton when he's essentially like we said had the best start he's ever had to an f1 season and obviously huge credit to hamilton as well for raising his game when everyone said oh well you know if uh, if someone could actually race him uh he'd be getting overtaken and it'd be rubbish and he's had the best ever start to a season is driving absolutely incredible so i'm absolutely loving this title fight and yeah four four from four now that we've had wheel-to-wheel battles with uh, max and lewis you have gotta gotta love it
0: that's the dream, isn't it? That's, that's Absolutely. the dream. Uh, as much as people are like, oh, I'd rather have easy, uh, uh, sorry, more difficult overtaking. It's like, come on, we've had four side by side moments between Hamilton and Verstappen. Literally, our wet dreams are coming yeah. through. And people are like, no, actually, I would have liked a, a more difficult overtake for uh, Hamilton down the straight. Kind of ill. Except that this is awesome. The fact that it's Hamilton versus Verstappen. Verstappen's still very much in the title fight. Let's ask this question, which made me very angry. At beta alpha male, is the championship over? Prosper explosion.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we can going to edit explosions in behind us. <laughs> it's 23
0: rounds. We're four rounds in. Hamilton's not even a, a race win clear. Is the championship over? Yeah, we've seen mm-hmm.
2: people yeah. complaining that... Yeah, I've seen a few people on Twitter like laughing. People complaining on Twitter, surely not, Tommy. It's not a (laughs) real title fight. It's already over. I mean, we have waited so long for a title fight. If you'd have said last year when, let's admit, the rules, we thought it was going to be the same story. Mercedes absolutely whitewashed the race. If you'd have said in four races, you'd get four wheel-to-wheel battles between Max and Lewis, there'd be one-two in every single race, and there'd be a 14-point gap you'd be in absolute dreamland so just enjoy you it would. it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> yeah. it's so, i'm absolutely loving it and exactly you should appreciate it
1: yeah i think even if you had said that we'll be getting battles for the lead between somebody like hamilton and bottas who are obviously the same team we'd all
0: <laughs> you know you're in dreamland then. yeah
1: that's true <laughs> um but we'd all be super excited so to have Hamilton and Verstappen, two drivers from two different teams. And, you know, there's actually going to be competition in hopefully the Constructors Championship this year as well, which will be a nice change because it's normally Mercedes that absolutely walk it. Um, Yeah, I think this is just phenomenal. And I'm so excited as somebody who's been watching F1 for many, many, many years that we're able to witness this and see Hamilton, you know, like Hamilton got his 100th poll this weekend. Like we're literally watching the history books being rewritten in front of us whilst having this insane action on the Sunday, you know, um, passes for the lead. It's just literally, it's perfect. Just stop you complaining and appreciate what's in front of you, please. <laughs>
0: Good. That's the way Katie is going to deal with uh, all the criticism uh, that she's seen on social media. Uh, The one thing that's kind of bugged me a little bit, and it's just a very tiny little thing, is people saying, and I'm not having a go at you here, Katie, he's breaking records. He didn't break any record. He just hit three figures. Everyone's like, he's broken another record. No, 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 no one was on 99 polls. It's just three fingers.
2: The meme of him handing himself the helmet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: literally, he beat his own record, and he's now at a hundred. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, for, but for he, my own... witnessing history. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, I, I, was, I wasn't able to get you, Katie. It was more. Like no, it's too late. On, on I'm very upset now. I can see that. Um, and just for my own brain, I'd love it if Hamilton can win the next two races without getting pole, just so that we can have a hundred and a hundred, and then I think he should just hang up his gloves there, even if it's mid-season, just. It It just looks good, doesn't it? Um, Either way, uh, to answer your question, Beta Alpha Male, no. We interrupt this WTF1 podcast for a very quick chat about our sponsor for this episode, ExpressVPN. One of the main reasons people love ExpressVPN is the use of Netflix. See, thousands of shows on Netflix are only available outside of the UK, so you need to change your country if you want to access them. What the ExpressVPN app does is encrypts your data and reroutes it through a server location of your choice. This not only protects your data, but also lets you control which country you want Netflix to think you're in. ExpressVPN lets you choose from over 90 countries, so every time you run out of stuff to watch, you can just fire up the app on your laptop or smart TV, switch your country and hit connect. So be smart, protect your data and stop paying full price for streaming services while only getting access to a fraction of their content. Visit expressvpn.com forward slash WTF1 right now and get three extra months of their service for free. That's expressvpn.com slash WTF1 expressvpn.com forward slash WTF1 to learn more. Right, let's get back to the podcast. Katie, three word race, if you please.
1: My three-word race review is Don't Underestimate Ferrari, which... That
0: no, it's not. Um, I mean, if, or if you, if apostrophes. you it,
1: We it. underestimated Ferrari? Is that kind of work? <laughs> I'll, I'll test it. Uh, but yeah, basically, Charlotte Clerk is an absolute wonder kid, which I'm sure might be like, I've told you this for ages. But... Uh, he's, um,
0: he's, he's overrated.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send that to Charlotte Clerk. <laughs> fan um but yeah like Bahrain sixth Imola fourth Portugal sixth Spain fourth nice little pattern going on there but when we did our pre-season podcast I think well I, I'll speak on behalf of myself I thought this was going to be another shocker of a year for Ferrari especially with pace that the McLarens had um and you know Renault being re- rebranded to Alpine they were looking promising and uh same with Racing Point to become Aston Martin I think we're all like this is going to be a really intense midfield battle but Ferrari just seems to be sort of not walking it because they've still got the competition from McLaren but Charles Clark and Carlos Sainz um, are putting in some really impressive performances and I'm excited to see how that's going to progress throughout the season.
0: Yeah I'd have to agree that There's two kind of standout, I think, yeah, two standout performances in the midfield of Charles Leclerc and Lando Norris. I mean, Lando had a pretty poor uh, race this weekend, and generally just a whole weekend, to be honest, because just didn't get on top of that. McLaren, uh, his fastest lap was actually on an old set of softs in in qualifying and then didn't manage to improve, started behind fact I can't believe it's 3-1 to Ricardo in qualifying. That's absolutely preposterous when you think how much Danny Rick has been struggling in the races. Um, but yeah, of course, you know Lando has a podium on, under his belt, and and Charlotte Claire as well. Yeah, looking really strong. Uh, Signs as well showed pro, uh, you know a bit of promise this weekend, and generally just kind of taking steps forward with that Ferrari. Uh, wasn't it him that came out and saying it was like driving a completely different formula or different yeah, cars, or yeah. whatever? So yeah, it's, you know it's very easy for us to go. Well, they're all Formula One cars. So they can't be that different. Unless you're Yuki Tsunoda and, <laughs> yeah, or Yuki Tsunoda. <laughs> yeah. um, But yeah, I take, I I joke about Haas, but they actually seem to be making some uh, steps forward. But um, Pinto asks, can we talk about Charles a little bit? Well, we have his move on Bottas at the start of the race was amazing. Finally, Ferrari is doing something good or was just luck and Charles driving? Uh, That's a question. Okay. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, of course, we're talking about Charles Leclerc. That, That move, I think, was more accidental. It's like a Lando Norris round the outside at Bahrain turn four. He's done that, I think, three years in a row or something. And every time he hasn't meant to do it purely because the grip was there and he braked a bit later obviously it's a great move going around the outside it was awesome to see um and bottas was obviously just got caught up in a bit of the dirty air and i don't really know what Valtteri was doing there to be honest because you know just didn't
2: expect him yeah he? he
0: wasn't really looking or whatever it's like lap one mate come on you've got a fast starting ferrari behind you so it was a bit weird uh to to hear that bottas wasn't really looking or checking or whatever he was doing uh, yeah, and Charlotte went all the way around the outside and that just ruined Valtteri's race there and then. Finished, done, kaput. But then he had the safety car. We had the safety car. I still couldn't get through. So then it was definitely kaput.
2: Yeah, for, Ferrari have been impressive. Uh, agree with Katie that we were saying
0: that they might have an absolute
2: shocker and not be there. Uh, you know, look at Alpha Tauri who have really disappointed and not not got Really, any points on the board? Uh, God, do you remember, all we the were talking about science regretting leaving McLaren yeah. and seeing yeah, Ferraris down there. Exactly, and he's he's up there. I'm, I've actually been rather impressed with science, especially when you look at you know if he'd gone into that team and been exactly where Sebastian Vettel was, it would be you would have the same kind of story that you get at Red Bull, where it's like, oh, it's Charles Leclerc's team and they just favor him. And but science has been really solid like getting into that team when when you say a lot of the drivers have struggled i feel like science has maybe even been one of the best of the switch drivers um and Charles claire is just such a talent i mean if i'm being super greedy uh, as we mentioned earlier about don't complain about the title fight if if we're in absolute mega 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 dreamland i'd have up there and a ferrari with them as well because for me they're the three like mega talents of f1 and having those three and three different cars going for the title one can dream but don't listen ferrari to
1: band, <laughs> yeah. But,
2: <laughs> but yeah ferrari uh um it, it's nice to see him slowly getting back towards the front um and yeah i did not expect them to be on it with mclaren that's going to be a really nice fight actually uh ferrari mclaren for uh best of the rest I
1: think it is Yeah, sorry. I was going to add in that, um, you know, Carlos has definitely been one of the people that surprised me most. Obviously, in in his F1 career so far, he sort of hopscotched from place to place. He went from Toro Rosso to Renault to McLaren to Ferrari. And he's never really been anywhere for a long time to have like a true comparison to teammates. I think that's fair to say. Um, But yeah, being against... Charles is not an easy task I mean Sebastian Vettel when he was leaving Ferrari he signed on uh, one of the racing helmets like you're the most difficult teammate I've had in you know 10 years or 15 years or something like that so it's it's good that Charles is so highly rated and like you say I think he's definitely one of the best on the grid um but carlos apparently has just spent his whole off season and any spare time at the factory in Maranello. which ferrari actually came out and said like we we don't know what to do with him because we've never had a driver that's just so dedicated and spending so much time at the factory that they're having to find all these little tasks for him to do but obviously that is he's reaping the rewards from that because he's having a really promising start to his season
0: good lad there we go there's the segment that I definitely paid both Tommy and Katie to be positive about Charles Leclerc. <laughs> um, yeah, good stuff. Right, uh, moving on to Bottas a little bit and team orders. Running Waffles asks, why was Bottas such a silly goose <laughs> when letting Hamilton <laughs> pass? I had to I love that, that question. question. That's a brilliant. Yeah, he was a silly goose. Uh, why was he? One, he already knows he's out the title fight. Two, he hasn't really had any pace and it's been a little bit embarrassing for Valtteri over the course of the season so far. I mean, he's shown glimpses in qualifying, but generally speaking, race pace hasn't been there. Uh, and three, there was a slight middle finger up to Lewis. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it, he just clearly was, you know, he was racing Leclerc, which is a bit of a weird thing to say out loud. Uh, but if he wanted to pit again, he needed to continue to, the, uh, to to bridge that gap to then go out and potentially do fastest laps. So I understand why he didn't want to let Hamilton through to some degree, but also he could have made it so much easier. And uh, there were so many opportunities to just lift off the throttle. You lose half a second, Crimea River. Your teammate, who has been better than you, is fighting for the win and he needs to get through ASAP Rocky. And he just, <laughs> he just, yeah, he just made it difficult. For, for, I was almost annoyed a little bit. I was like, Bottas, just get out the way. I want to see a fight for the lead here. Uh, but and then he kind of turned in and turned ten, and it looked quite close at the camera angle. I don't think it was as close as it looked, but it was still a little bit, yeah, just weird from Bottas. It was uh, almost like a little bit of a toy just being thrown out the pram.
2: It was a bit like, why are you racing him so hard now? Um, yeah, it's
0: not right. when they're <laughs> actually. No, I do, I do feel sorry for him
2: for a point because when he's not challenging Lewis, everyone's on his back, um, and then when he does, everyone's like, oh, what? you know, because because there is this whole like, well, you know, he needs to be sticking it to Lewis and. I guess if you're from a completely selfish point of view, you're thinking, well, this is my chance to, if he was being totally selfish, he could have said like, well, I, I'm I'm fighting Lewis for the title.
0: In his head, obviously he is. Um, he's fighting Lando for P3, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's
2: fighting Lewis for the title. And this is my chance to get more points than him because Lewis has gone for this strategy and I'm going to stay in front. But um, there's probably a bit of frustration there that, yeah, I, th- I think there was frustration there. There's been a media talk, hasn't there, as well, this weekend that there was just this random, out-of-nowhere rumour that he was going to be replaced mid-season and the team aren't very happy with him, which I think is nonsense, personally. And um, Toto Wolf same. said the same thing. Um, I guess I imagine, though, if... if Because at the time, I don't think it was at that point, but definitely at the start, the, the team radio to Hamilton was, you are... Half a second, uh, you, you'll catch him on the last lap. Now imagine, <laughs> now imagine if he had caught him on the last lap, didn't get DRS and it had been like, oh, one more lap and Lewis would have won the race. Maybe they would have replaced him this season
1: <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I think I can sympathize a little bit with Valtry because, like you say, he needs to assert that dominance because if he just let Hamilton through, then he's essentially just saying, I am number two driver, let him through, do whatever. And we've seen from Valtteri so many times that he's not that way inclined. Like he wants to make a statement, which you could argue maybe he should be making more of a statement in things like qualifying or at the start of the race. But for him, that point was a chance for him to show, you know, like you're not necessarily number one here, mate there's two of us challenging for this title fight. I can see. I mean,
0: if, that, if that's the messaging he's going for, it's the most pointless messaging ever. Yeah, that, but I mean, only when, one we're, buying we're talking it about him. it.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, lots of people have questioned it. And we put a, an article like yesterday saying, should, uh, like, is this a problem? Should Bottas have, um, you know, let Hamilton pass that easily? And loads of people were saying, no, like he's entitled to not let him through straight away. Um, if Hamilton wants it, he can earn it, that kind of thing. And And I do agree with that. In certain parts. But like I said, if you're going to make a big deal out of letting Hamilton through and that's going to be your big, I'm alpha male, all this kind of stuff, then you're doing it at the wrong time. Like you need to be making those moves when it matters. Like I said, liking qualifying or start of the race and stuff like that. So mm, I'm kind of, I can see both sides, but I agree that he was a bit of a silly goose to answer shock, the question.
2: Uh, shock that. Uh, F1 fans wanted Hamilton to be held up.
0: Yeah, I know, literally. <laughs> yeah. That that's not from a neutral perspective, I can guarantee you that. But um but yeah, I mean there's times for Bottas to be a silly goose and I don't think that was one of the times <laughs> to be honest. Because he was never going to keep Hamilton at bay. If there was a chance, say for example he's on five, ten lap older tires or whatever, maybe you know, whatever there's not that big pace differential, then fair enough. But and there's it a few laps night and day.
2: Yeah, and if there's a few laps to go. Maybe you could have got yeah. ra- maybe you could have got on the radio and been like, "Well, why i I, I deserve to be second? I'm in second. And exactly. Tried to argue it, but when yeah, like his 15, teammate 15, is running a, a, yeah. a different race, it's not mm. really there to be done, is it?
0: Oh well, uh, maybe next time. <laughs> uh, FIA team radio Let's talk about that because that uh, that kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, apparently, they had been discussing it for quite some time to kind of introduce this this uh, this new team radio feature. Uh, with the FIA, and of course that was to do with Toto Wolff coming over the radio and um, basically having a go at Michael Massey for blue flags when uh, Mazepin wasn't getting out of the way. Um, We're actually releasing a uh, blue flag video uh, coming to the channel tomorrow, so uh, find out more about the uh, blue flags uh, there. Um, As for the question, at No Man Hussein, the new FIA radio graphics certainly should see more of it, right? Yes, yes. I I said in IBR I'd watch 66... laps unfiltered Toto Wolff if I could just turn off Sky commentary and let me just hear that sort of stuff. Yeah, that that's the kind of stuff the fans want, I think, especially when, you know, you, you hear from Christian Horner and Toto Wolff and all of these big team bosses in the shows and whatnot, but you never really hear from them apart from occasionally if a strategy call needs absolutely doing, then Toto might come over and, oh my God, it's all scary. But having that sort of argument between the FIA and, and F1 teams, I'm absolutely down for.
2: Yeah. I wonder how much, uh, Netflix have inspired this bit of team radio the fact that a a lot of Drive to Survive is the whole team principles snitching on each other and stuff and they've clearly introduced this graphic um I mean Katie you wrote you wrote about it and know a, a little bit more about what um what they're going to be doing with it but it's I mean from a yeah fan perspective absolutely love the the drama of it and seeing that you know we're going to get hopefully more of these teams when when you do hear you know Christian Horner saying oh Hamilton jumped the start there or Toto Wolf kind of getting on the radio when things are things are getting uh spicy spicy',
1: spicy. <laughs> got it in the podcast <laughs> yeah no the the whole graphic was discussed last year at um, some F1 commission meetings and everybody agreed that it would be a, a good addition which I agree um I think all of Twitter seemed to just go into meltdown when this graphic happened, which is, um, I mean, always a good thing because it, like you say, it gave us a, another behind the scenes look as to what's being discussed. Michael Massey said that he doesn't often hear from Toto Wolf during races. It's quite a rare thing. So obviously Toto uses this power um, when he means it. So talking about blue flags and with Mazepin and stuff like that during the race. But um, yeah, yeah pitwall and the team principals like that's quite a common uh sorry the pitwall and fia is quite a common um discussion that they have during the races anyway whether that be about um like you say so-and-so jumped the start or people might have said Gasly didn't look like he was in his pit box this weekend and that kind of thing so like you said there's always going to be team principals wanting to throw each other and the other teams under the bus of it um and hey if we can hear it on uh on the graphics then i'm all for it <laughs>
0: absolutely more more and more insight is what uh, us f1 fans I, need i can't sure. wait
2: i can't wait for the first um kind of incident where maybe a driver's moved across and it's a little bit dodgy and a team wants to get another driver a penalty that they're directly racing with i think that's where that graphic is going to get really really interesting and hopefully i think they i think we get they'll to see.
0: they'll keep it very um pg i think i don't i don't imagine we'll see the yeah but hamilton wiped us out type vibes
2: no no but they might get a few I hope. I hope yeah, that we, we get fancy a, few, a few snippets. Yeah, talk. I hope we do. Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I do too. But I just don't think they'll do it. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, right, play the jingle. Now it's time for actually going to put it in this week? Free time is just this, and you don't. Yeah, it, it just starts uh, having a no, chat. I, I put it in Imla but forgot the the other two. Oh, brilliant! Them. So people just hear us going oh, no, it's and just doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Put the jingle in, Tommy. Right. <laughs> Remember, you can vote too. Visit wtf1.com after the race, and you can vote too. That's uh, probably a Katie thing. Not just like a go, go see Katie's website and put your numbers in. Right. Actually, it's letters. Okay. <laughs> Let's start. Let's start with Mick Schumacher. Oh, boom! Ooh. Turning it round, going to the bottom of the grid. Um, Mick Schumacher. Uh, he's actually been showing some decent promise. Uh, in my opinion, I feel like he's getting a handle of that has not starting on the back row of the grid. And generally speaking, a pretty decent race from him. So I'm verging on an A, but I think I'm I think a B is probably a bit safer. Yeah,
2: I've got I've gone for B as well. I think it was good. He had an amazing start, didn't he? He was up there ahead of quite a few other cars at the start, but unfortunately that has just doesn't have the pace to keep up. But yeah, it was a good. He's definitely uh, doing himself a lot of favors, kind of on and off track. He's showing himself as a very um, kind of respectful driver as well. I think a, a lot of people may have seen the the video of him where he sort of clattered his Haas mechanic <laughs> a little bit and gave him a thumbs up, and he was on the radio, genuinely really worried about him and asking if he was okay and stuff, and apologizing. But yeah, he's he's definitely. Uh, it's difficult because he's doesn't he he's, he's kind of the rookie comparison, you know, it would have been great if we could have had a a Grosjon in there or or a Magnussen to see him stack up against someone because that that is quite difficult to compare the Haas drivers. But
1: yeah, I've gone for B. Yeah, I've gone for B as well. Schumacher's had really good like last two races, um, and been, I think, outperforming the car on some of those occasions. So yeah, B for Mick Schumacher.
0: And a B from the fans. It's B's all round. Lovely. Uh Mazapin. Ah, uh, I mean didn't crash. Um didn't spin. Didn't he didn't, did he? No. Uh it, it was off it, the pace.
2: Yeah. It, what happened massively? I'm quite confused about this because I was watching it in the race and he was there were some bits where he, maybe it was the pit stops. Um, but I remember like looking a few times and he was a few uh, like not that far behind Mick at occasional points. Maybe it's because Mick had already pitted or something. But then at the end, I always read and it's like he was a minute behind Mick. And I'm like, how like when? When did that happen?
0: Yeah, it is a bit weird. I'm I'm sure there are mistakes that we don't get to see uh on, on television because other yeah, things yeah. are going on. Um but yeah, let's get I'm gonna give him a D. Yeah,
2: I've gone for D when you're a minute behind your teammate.
1: Yeah, not ideal. I mean, he was involved in some controversial uh, stuff with <laughs> with uh, Q1 on Saturday, um, where the stewards basically deemed that he had impeded Norris in qualifying. Um, however, it's, it's difficult looking back at the footage because, and, and Norris said this as well, that like he could sympathise that the traffic was just absolutely insane. But yeah. it does mean that he got another penalty point on his licence. So he's now at two penalty points in 12 months, which is...
0: I, I thought, to be fair, I thought it was a bit harsh that he got that yeah. penalty because you, you watch it back and there was a huge cluster of cars at that final chicane, and you can understand why he just went. Well, I can't really just hang here with two <laughs> others behind me. I'm just going to bolt it, and obviously it didn't work out. So I kind of, yeah, I didn't, you know, put much blame on him there. And I thought no. it was a bit harsh. Not, I mean, I say harsh. He didn't. It's not like he dropped any positions on the grid, but um, he still got given a three place grid penalty, which is <laughs> it's just brilliant, isn't it? Uh, I love the memes of like a swimmer with a bottle of water and pouring it over their head, and, stuff, and just, that's the kind of stuff that that, that kind of uh, the vibes it, it gives us. Uh, Mazepin was given an F by the fans. Um, no surprise there. Uh, Nicholas the Tiffy. Let's uh, well, um, he made a move at turn one at some point on a on a Hass, I believe. C. Yeah, gone for C.
1: Yeah, I think C is fair.
0: Okay, and C for the fans. Uh, George Russell, uh, he was kind of looking kind of pointy until someone did until
2: it. people started to mention it. I was looking yeah. at the graphic the entire time and I was like, I could tweet something on the WTF one account, but this is when inevitably he doesn't get a point, and then everyone goes, "Why did you mention it?" So I didn't yeah. mention it, uh, and then someone did. Mm.
1: I don't um, know who you're talking about.
2: I think then, it was uh, Matt, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then. Um, mm. Yeah, he fe- he fell away uh, sorry, with George. his tyres at the end because he was very close. I think it was half a second, wasn't he? Off 10th at one point, looking like he might benefit from the Alonso train. If he'd maybe... It's hard to see because we didn't get to see it, but gone for a dive bomb, whatever. But his pace was still good, so...
0: Yeah, okay, let's give him a B. B. B,
1: and sorry for tweeting about it, everyone. No I worries.
0: B. B for Russell. uh B for the fans as well. Uh we're we going all the way with the fans, apart from Azepin. Joe Vinazzi. he had a very funny incident in the pits, didn't he? Where uh, one of the tires was flat. Is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, well, before they put it on the car, that's a bit weird, never, isn't it? Never ever
2: seen that before. Where no, neither I'm into the, with a flat tire, someone was just hammering <laughs> but, the,
0: the tire. Yeah. it's was, it was one way to to kind of communicate that it's flat. So just bashing the tire. But fair play to them for realizing. I don't know how flat. It didn't look flat from a TV perspective, did it? But um there you go so someone's been in their garage and uh popped a little pin in there by the sounds of it
1: um
2: yeah so it's, dif- it's difficult joven at because i don't like to be the person that always is just like oh c had a bit of an anonymous race
0: but also <laughs> c had a bit of an anonymous race
2: well that's the thing like he was he was head of raikkonen and qualifying and it's really hard to judge when you have a a, a mistake uh that's not your fault but c. i think it's still a c yeah yeah
1: I'm going to go for a B. I'm going to change it up. I think. Tough. Oh, okay. I don't get to reason. <laughs> cool. On. Next one. Reasoning? No, I was just going to say, you know, did really good in qualifying and um, outbeat his teammate. Outbeat, is that? Oh, we're going to go with it.
0: That's that's not English. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I qualified his Our teammate. Our WTF on
0: editor here, Katie Fairland. Yeah.
1: Making up words <laughs> as she goes along. Um, and then, yeah, had an incident in the race with his tyres. It wasn't his fault. So I'm going to go B. But I've been outvoted. So who cares? You have been outvoted.
0: <laughs> and also been outvoted by the fans as well. They gave him a C. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen. <laughs> I mean, he finished 12th. He was kind of on the outskirts of the points in that alpha, although the alpha seems to be about there, really, uh, with the sort of Aston Martins. So, yeah, C, C. as well. C, C for Raikkonen.
2: Standard alpha Romeo. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, Double cool. C We're going to get to the interesting one soon, I promise. And the fans gave him a C as well. Did you go for a C, Katie? Okay, yes. Cool. Uh, Esteban Ocon had an amazing qualifying, but ended up finishing P9. Uh, probably didn't make the most of, of, uh, of his race, you'd have to say, but then maybe he outperformed that Alpine on the first run in Q3, and you kind of expected him to fall back a little bit. I think it's a B.
2: Yeah, B. Very concerned by
0: I'm going to be shouting in London. But here we go. Baby, you're going to be shouting. Very impressive, Ocon, yeah. Yeah. Just to remind everyone, so if uh, Esteban (laughs) Ocon beats Fernando Alonso over the course of this season, Tommy will be shouting, sorry, Esteban, in the middle of London. And if it's the other way around, Katie, you will be saying, sorry, Fernando, is that right?
1: That's true, but I don't think I'm going to need to at this rate.
0: Wow. Very confident. Four races in. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're, You're the one that tweeted, is the championship over? (laughs) Nico Rosberg right uh so we're gonna give yeah Alonso uh, Alonso Ocon a B and the fans gave him a B as well Fernando Alonso uh, he ended up finishing very low down because he was on mediums for about 47 years 17th uh but obviously that was down to his late pit stop and he was kind of left out there hoping they can get him to the end on in maybe a point so I feel like just a C to be fair
2: Never seen Alonso so happy about finishing 17th. <laughs> yeah, I know. He skipping race. around, wasn't he? Um, yeah,
0: see,
1: Yeah, C as well.
0: And C from the fans. Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, he had a poor qualifying, didn't he? It uh, was out in Q1. And yep. then his car turned off. So he's not really much to <laughs> much to kind of analyse right there. About. I think that's a D, isn't it, really?
2: Yeah, he definitely should have got into Q2 in an AlphaTauri.
0: Um, 100%. And then kind of came out and, ble- well the way in which a lot of people deciphered what he said after qualifying was that he has a different car to Gasly, but I feel like he was just saying that the two drivers have different feedback in the sense of they need different things. And he's not, I feel like that's just a language barrier.
2: Yeah. I. Yeah. He's, he's very hot headed as we've seen. And, uh, and he definitely kind of got baited a little bit by Skylight what you're saying. And he kind of muddled his words a bit. Um, he just needs to remember that he is a rookie at the end of the day. He's he is against Gasly, who's a proven race winner, and to be not that far off him is not the end of the
0: world. So no. Yeah. So it said oh i love how you changed your change your chin a little bit. there. I mean, coming <laughs> to the season. Yeah, he'll beat Gasly. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he'll beat Gasly. Yeah, yeah. Was like, yeah. Your prediction? You're a Rookie Mate. You're Basically, rookie. you need to just just
2: we've just had a little uh on the, on, dip, the yeah. on the yeah, Yuki said hype train. We're just having a little toilet break, and uh, <laughs> we'll uh, carry on later. Oh yeah, I, I forgot about those trains that stop for toilet breaks. <laughs> I was on a train once that did that. <laughs> really? Yeah, the toilet broke, and we had to stop at every single, <laughs> uh, every single. Oh, what is this podcast? story but... what a story!
1: Oh, my goodness. What <laughs> a
0: story! Okay, so D for a for of everyone. Yep. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, I was going to give him an E because his qualifying was pretty shocking, but I feel like he didn't get a fair chance to prove himself in the race having to stop on lap eight. So I think a D is fair, but the fans were very um, split. There was D, which was the most popular one, hence why it's here. And then it was E and then it was F. So everybody was giving him really poor grades this weekend. Well, I'm
0: hoping no more than it people going B. No, that was yeah. sort of, a star, a star. <laughs> uh, Yeah, so the fans did give Sonoda a D. Uh Pierre Gasly. Uh he was quite quick at the end, almost beat Ocon to the line, uh, considering yeah, he was kind of out of the points for a lot of the race. He kind of came strong at the end. Um it's, I don't know. It's, it's difficult <laughs> to tell because I think that Alpha Tower isn't actually very good at the moment. Which is strange to say because they looked really strong in Bahrain, and and now we're at Spain, which of course is a different track. Of course, and you know this is supposed to be the benchmark, but to see them drop off so much and see the likes of Alpine come strong, and it's a bit of a bit of a weird one. So oof, B, I guess it's a kind of a low B, but probably a B all the same. I've gone for C because he did mess up at the start,
2: didn't he? In which, oh yeah, of course, yeah, race, he, that he rolled out his grid position, and yeah, that's C. that's, that's quite a quite a rookie area.
1: Yeah, I think C is a fair yeah. fair grade. He did a good job coming back from that, but at the end of the day, he shouldn't have misjudged the spot, so
0: <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about his 5-second penalty. So yeah, that is a C for Gasly and the fans gave him a B. Lance Stroll. Lance Stroll, Lance Stroll finished 11th. Um had a bit of a ding-dong with Alonso. I don't think anything came of that did it. No. no nothing. Even though he went off the track, but he was forced. So this see? is this is the mm-hmm. yeah, classic C.
2: I think Aston Martin are, are going to worryingly becoming Alfa Romeo thing where we just say see yeah they finished in the midfield they finished between 11th and 15th
0: see, yeah which is well, well we'll do vettel as well then shall we see see yeah. yeah yeah okay and there's a pair of C's for the fans as well uh, for those two carlos signs so he ended up finishing p7 i think tantalizingly close to danny Rick the entire race pretty much um I think it's a B for, for signs. Yeah, B. Yeah. B? B. And B from the fans as well. Charles claire I think this deserves... Oh, I was going to say an A star. Just purely because I don't think he could have done any more in that Ferrari. But then at the same time, I feel like it's reserved for very special performances. So and I'm part of you is also worried that you'll get called a fanboy, but oh, no, I'm not worried it makes you that. feel I mean, any better. I get called that every day anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay. I could I could be critical <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, you're just a fanboy. How does that work? Yeah. Uh yeah, okay. I think an A.
2: I've got an A star. I think it was absolutely a okay, weekend. If you said it was an A
0: star. <laughs> well,
1: I've got A star as well. Oh, thank God for that. Whew. I, do, I just yeah. like watching Perfect. you squirm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Would, best I would, I would. best he
2: could have done. Quali best he could have done the race.
0: Okay, cool. Amazing. Yes, a star, and the fans gave him an A. So there you go, uh, Daniel Ricardo. So uh, I would I would give Danny Rick an A. I think he's had a solid performance, um, considering where he has been, and to to perform how he did uh, yesterday, I, I think it deserves a low A, but still an A. I've
2: gone for a B. Maybe I'm judging it too much on him. Uh, kind of expecting more from Danny Rick because he's Danny Rick. But I've gone for a, a B, which is it's definitely a lot a lot better from him. But saving saving the A for when he wins to Monaco. You're giving him he doesn't an
1: even a get an A star. A star, can't yeah, yeah anything sorry. Right. Yeah,
2: B. I've gone for B. Okay.
1: Okay. I've gone for an A yes. for Ricardo. Screw so... you, Tommy. Oh <laughs> pessimist. Yeah. <laughs> I think looking at how I've previously ranked Ricardo throughout the season, an A is fair for what he achieved this weekend.
0: Um how, many, uh, how, how much what was the percent for Danny Rick uh, A's? Was it close, Katie? Um can
1: close you give to... me two seconds. Yeah, I'll give you two seconds, don't
0: worry. Up. The fans gave Danny Rick a B um but i feel like maybe a lot of people would have voted him an a because i think that was you know he beat lando norris for his, fir- his first time in his it's the first time isn't it in the race uh, so uh, uh, was it first time in the race pretty sure he, But lando definitely beat him in bahrain definitely beat him in Imola yeah of course he yeah. beat him in yeah, yeah, portugal yeah yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so. uh, the fans so the fans gave him a b 50% of the vote and then a was 45% of the vote oh,
0: i knew it'd be close Go on the fans, uh, but still. Kind Someone
1: of gave him an E. Are you okay, Hunt?
0: Yeah, <laughs> Lando. Was that?
1: that was, that, yeah. yeah, yeah
0: Lando. Speaking of Lando, let's move on to him now. Um, I think it was a yeah very bang average performance from Lando, although he was quite positive coming out of the race, wasn't he? He was saying that he did pretty much all he could do, kind of accepted it's Spain, which is kind of a good attitude to have that, you know, he just didn't have a great weekend. Move on, you know, see you in Monaco. But I think it's still a C for Lando. Yeah, gone for C. Just
2: mediocre but if if he's gonna he's gonna take that as a mediocre performance if he's still bringing home in eighth and getting some good points from McLaren uh I think he'll take that as a a maybe slightly less impressive weekend compared to how he's been doing
1: yeah I mean the weekend could have gone way worse so you know point scoring is still good and yeah I think C's fair for Norris
0: and a C from the fans Sergio Perez I'm gonna give him a D Oh, this is so tricky.
2: <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I think it did as well, because I was thinking he finished fifth, but he qualified eighth, which wrecked his... Yeah. You shouldn't yeah. be qualifying eighth. He had a good start.
0: Red. Don't get me wrong. It was up two places on lap one, but you've got to be fourth, mate. You've got cost, to be fourth.
2: Cost your teammate the win as well. Yeah. Arguably. Eight.
1: Well, I'm gonna go for a C for Checo, because I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt with the shoulder injury, I can see you laughing at my thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think wasn't great, but if he says he's poorly, then I'm not gonna.
2: Paulie no, is such a like,
0: <laughs> oh, did
1: it, oh, we uh, you to it up and make you feel better? We're
0: gonna turn up to Monaco. Ali had a bit of a runny nose, Katie. <laughs> <Yeah. "See."> <laughs> Katie <laughs> stop. Katie's there with a hot water bottle. Like, don't worry, check okay, out. it's fine. We'll get you back, we'll get you back to fourth place. No,
1: she's back to yeah.
0: The thing I found the weirdest thing was Perez saying he had like a shoulder injury or whatever, but then was like, yeah, I should be fine for tomorrow. <laughs> pop it back in. Mm. What shoulder injury just goes away after 24 hours it's
1: because they heard oh. Alex Alban was on the way and he was like, Oh, I'm feeling much better now, guys. Don't worry,
0: oh, yeah. He was, he was, he was there, say, yeah, he he? He? yeah. So he was, he was lurking, but yeah. Um, so Perez, I gave a D and uh, KTC, and the fans went for C as well, but we give him a D. <laughs> Max Verstappen, well, that would have almost been an A star had he won the race, but I feel like an A is where it sits. I think a high A, because I think he did absolutely everything he could in that Red Bull, uh, but not quite an A star. Yeah, exactly the same.
1: A. A? A.
0: And the fans gave him an A. Valtteri Bottas. Oh. hmm, Interesting. Very interesting. I think it's a B, but not very high. (laughs) I mean, I was kind of thinking C, but I think he was, you know, a tenth and a half off in Quali. Obviously, got done around the outside of Charlotte Claire, ruined his race. Then held up. Oh, maybe is a C.
2: I think I'd have gone for a B if I'd given Perez a C, because Perez is a D. I'm giving Bottas a C. If that makes any sense.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bottas a C.
1: I've gone for a B because of how I graded Checo, but I mean, he still finished third. Like it's yeah, not I give awful. Perez a D, well, yeah.
0: He's in a he's in a rocket ship.
1: That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> the to... is a better driver than him, so that's why he's ahead.
0: Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, the fact is, he wouldn't have finished any worse than third, just purely because there is no other car, really, apart from what Perez, unfortunately, can't get a handle of that Red Bull. So, I think, yeah, see. And uh, the fans gave him a B, so they're on your side, Katie. There you go. Uh, wise
1: uh, <laughs> they're wise people.
0: Until <laughs> they don't agree with us. Uh, and finally, Lewis Hamilton. Now, hmm. I... I, I want to give him an a. a. I don't. I don't think it's an A star performance from Lewis. I think that obviously that Mercedes was quicker, and the strategy was open for him to take that strategy. And yeah, okay, it was a great drive, but he had much fresher tyres, and Max was quite. I'm going to believe Max in the in the sense that he was saying that the Mercedes had so much more grip than him. I, yeah, I don't think it was an absolutely stunning, ridiculous drive from Lewis. So I want to give him an A.
2: I've gone for a star
1: i <laughs> gone for A-Star as well. The, the speeds that he made up. I know he's in a Mercedes and people are going to be like, oh, you know, like you said, they're in a rocket ship, but that was just phenomenal. The amount of time that he managed to make up during that race.
0: Don't buy it. I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm the first to say that hater. Lewis Hamilton's achievements are amazing. <laughs> you know, that's the thing. I'm a Lewis Hamilton hater and fanboy. Uh, so people will... You know, You're giving him sorry.
2: the same grade you did. Did you, did you give him an A in
0: Imola when he went off and made a recovery drive? god knows don't know
1: we erase podcasts from our memory as soon as we stop recording
0: i'm sure someone i'm sure someone will come in i i I, I don't know i just it is it was a great drive okay and i'm just gonna stick with a otherwise i'll look like a pushover (laughs) Uh, and the fans gave him an a star so woo! can't wait for those comments but look it was still a great drive okay moving on predictions for the spanish grand prix i said mercedes front row lockout god damn it and Alpine don't make Q3. God damn it. What's wrong with wow. me? Zero points, Tommy. You know
1: what you should have gone for though, Matt? Stroll that qualifies Vettel.
0: Yeah. You, didn't yeah. Go through you bottled prediction. it. <laughs> no, well, I'm, a, I'm a Vettel hater if I do it, but then as soon as I'm like, yeah. Anyway, Tommy.
2: Uh, Science beats Leclerc in the race. Nope. And uh, Vettel in the points. Nope. Wow, we are really, we know Still a lot no about points. Formula One. Katie.
0: Oh, here we go. Well,
1: I it. know something about Formula One apparently. <laughs> Ricardo beats Norris. Ding 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 ding. That's one point. And then it's a press podium, but I mean
0: Ding don't Ding. <laughs> and but the fans. Sorry, Kate you're gonna say something. I was just, I was just gonna. You're gonna mention. lord in your predictions, aren't you?
1: I am, and I'm also going to just drop into conversation about the top five predictions for the race that we put out on social media. Oh, yesterday. Here we go. <laughs> because here we go. this deserves at least some points. I'm not having it if Hold you on. say no. Points. Sorry? Yes, not. I predicted the top five perfectly, and I want points. I'm going to start a petition. I'm going to get the fans on my side. Don't you
0: come come over here and start throwing that. (laughs) What, are you just going to make predictions for every race? And be like, actually, uh, I made this prediction, so I'm just going to throw this in the mix. You put it
1: out on social media. You make two
0: predictions. You come in here, Katie, this season, and you think you can start (laughs) changing the rules?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well... I'm gonna Look, start a GoFundMe with the fans. Okay, friends. well I
0: got four of them right. Can <laughs> I have some points? Me.
1: You can have four points. I have five <laughs> points, and then double points for getting them all right. So wow.
0: oh, so you'll get ten points. Five, five races worth of a hundred percent score. I yes. wrote on Twitter <laughs> that the race was
2: actually better for no overtaking, which was technically <laughs> correct. So I think I get ten <laughs> points for that. Right. Nobody's getting any points for that. In case someone well, is I'm actually...
1: gonna sulk now. So yeah, for Good.
2: people doing exactly. their spreadsheets that they do yeah like, where point. do I put these
1: 10 points this doesn't make sense
2: <laughs> it's um, okay. one point for
0: a Norris prediction well done Katie congrats that was a very good five, out of, the five out of five I was four out of five Tommy was about I think one out of five he's just a terrible <laughs> one fan um, fans Arbon Elliott not Albon Elliott I think this person's been in here before because I think I've said exactly the same thing um, Hamilton wins by 20 plus seconds no it was 15 C underscore McNaughton 17, both Williams cars will have a Q2 appearance. No, and literally everyone, ham bot, yeah, kind of. As it was ham bot, does that half count? Half a point, half okay. a point for the fans. I thought they meant just that combination.
2: Yeah, it's hard to know if a ham bot is a ham bot there, or it can be a bot ver ham, or a ham my bot, or a ver bot ham, or a okay. Or a or a okay Are you okay, Tommy? You sound okay.
0: like you're
1: malfunctioning.
0: Oh, this, this broken. <laughs> uh, speaking of malfunctioning, we're going to Monaco's. Uh, the predictions for the Monaco Grand Prix. <laughs> Uh, My two predictions are: I will fall asleep during the race. (laughs) No, it's not. But that would be a point. Perez not in the top five, and Verstappen crashes at some point in the weekend. Tommy, I've gone for neither Lewis or Max win. Well, why don't you just say Bottas win then? You boring man.
2: No, because you you might be surprised.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh, so you're just opening up to a crazy race? Is that what you said? And Ricardo top four in quali.
1: Nice. I've gone for the most DNF so far this season and Ella Leclerc podium. What is
0: the most DNF so far this season, Katie? I looked at that. I
2: thought this was quite a... Has it been a, like one e- DNF? Yeah no, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that. I was like, but there was four DNFs in Bahrain, so you're going to have
0: to... There was less in Imola, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, you're going to have to hope five people crash into the wall. Not that we'd hope yeah. crash
0: into the wall. <laughs> no. um, but most DNFs, are, okay, all right, and Leclerc podium, I'll get on board with that. I'll give you a point right now, Katie, if that happens, cool. The fans, Mimi Hopi hopes that Charles Leclerc <laughs> will win. Uh, if you'd have just read
2: that out, Mimi Hopi, Charles Leclerc Charles Clare wins. Clare win. <laughs> it would sound like you actually hoping that.
0: Uh, yeah, Mimi, Mimi Hopi <laughs> Charles Leclerc was going to win. Uh, Til- I mean, that I'm definitely on board with. Tilka Tracks says, somehow Lewis out in Q2. And Dan, 02475676. Why do so many people have so many long numbers? I think they do that just for the podcast. Danny Rick on the podium. So, uh, OK, we've got a few that could mix in here with fans and our predictions. Cool. All right. Katie, final thoughts?
1: My final thoughts is that people need to remember that F1 is more than just overtakes and crashes and who has the fastest car. You've Strategy, down, is, and maybe. <laughs> Strategy <laughs> is a huge part to play. And sometimes I feel it's downplayed as an interesting part of part of the sport because so much of it happens behind the scenes. I got it written down. I, still yeah, I messed could, it up. I could, I
0: could tell because you were like, you didn't even um. <laughs> yes,
1: so, so... I the
0: uh, cars should. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tommy, final thoughts.
2: You're gonna laugh at me, but I have never looked more forward to a Monaco Grand Prix than this year. I absolutely cannot wait for it. It's going to be an absolute banger. I can't wait. And you might qualifying's going to be amazing. We, you know what it was like at Imola. People just want it to be a bit mixed up.
0: So. You know, it's going to be good. Can't wait. You might think, uh, I think I'm lying here, but I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing the cars go around Monaco. Missed it last year. Yeah, Ding. I think it's because it's not been here for a mm. year and <laughs> I just need a reminder of how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, qualifying is going to be awesome around there. The race, we'll see. But um, it's a, it's, it is one of those. Yeah, I kind of, I think, I think I finally got round to, because obviously we didn't have it last year and then you kind of think what would it be like what would formula 1 be like without a monaco grand prix and I, i'm on your side tommy i think we should keep monaco i've i've changed my mind Tommy's so frozen. Go. Tommy's actually frozen. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that was really good. You've got a, you've got a career if Tommy one goes down the toilet as uh, <laughs> statues in London. Um, cool. All right. Thank you so much, guys. My, my final thoughts is, well, yeah, I can't look for, I, I'm i looking forward to the Monaco Grand Prix, and that's the first time in a very long time. And so let's see. Let's see what happens. It uh, should be good fun. But Max has to win, I think, in my opinion, if we want to keep a close title fight. It's a good opportunity. It's all down to quality. Let's see what happens. Right. Thank you so much to everybody for watching and listening. And to you, Tommy, and to you, Katie, for being part of this NATA session. Um, Thanks to ExpressVPN as well for sponsoring this podcast. Please give us five stars or whatever, thumbs up, however you rate us, because you know we deserved absolutely nothing less. Subscribe if you're new and uh, use the hashtag WTF1Podcast if you want to be involved next time. Thank you so much to Tommy and Katie once again. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for the Monaco Grand Prix. Goodbye.
2: Man okay. Man, okay.
0: All right, calm down. I'm not that excited.
2: <laughs> Why are we doing this? I don't I know. Don't know. I'm cleaning.
0: <laughs> washing the windows. <laughs>